Hi everyone, and welcome to another podcast. Today we're going to be talking with a claims agent from Canada. So one very important thing to uh, think about, because this is a person that works at Turo and in Turo Canada, there are some uh, bits of information that will be slightly different between the US, UK, Germany, and Canadian counterparts. So please do keep it in mind that this is for information purposes only and cannot be held into a, any legal or um, other ways that you could use this. This is just for your own uh, entertainment purposes, I guess would be the proper way of saying it. Essentially, it's a disclaimer. We are trying to go as deep as possible into some questions that you guys have asked a few weeks ago. And I hope you enjoyed this one and hit me up with comments if you have any. Thanks. Enjoy. All right, Alex. So uh, welcome to uh, w- welcome, and actually, thank you for t- for taking the time with me to uh, to answer a couple of questions that the uh, the community had. So I think uh, one important thing would be to kind of introduce yourself, like who you are, where, like who you are, where you work for, and um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, Philip. Uh, so my name is Alexandra, and uh, my position at Turo is the claims manager for Canada. So um, uh, for the most part, I oversee everything that's claims related. Um, Sometimes I help with general insurance questions uh, for all reservations that happen in Canada. Mm -hmm. And you deal with both like guests and and owners, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Um, All right, well, so I guess my first question I think is, and the one that's the most uh, popular one is, you know, so if the, even even the owners that have been taking hundreds and thousands of pictures of every single time and can get these like small claims of like three inch scratch and you get that uh, you get that fixed. Um, but how would you go about proving like a mechanical issue that you definitely know that was caused by a guest? Sure. Um, so my advice for mechanical damage claims would be. Um, to basically anytime you go to your mechanic or if you do your own uh, work, if you mm-hmm. go for any reason to a body shop to for someone to take a look at your car, just mm-hmm. help them uh, make a record of that visit so that they, okay. can tell, they can have a very small, short document that just says, date, looked at the car, car was in good condition, car was fine. Mm-hmm. So okay. that acts as kind of evidence for you to be able to show the claims representative who's assigned to your file um, mm-hmm. that at this point in time the car was fine and then suddenly you know x days later x months later there's an issue so you basically have more ammunition to be able to support the claim that um, the car the the mechanical damage was caused by improper use or or something that the guest did rather than mm-hmm. wear and tear. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, so you essentially, it's not like you don't have to get an inspection like on a two month, three month basis. I think that's what Uber requires. Like you have to inspect your car every certain amount of time. Yeah. There is no requirement to inspect the mm-hmm. car, but of course you're going to inspect your car at whatever periods that you consider is is safe or is needed. Mm-hmm. And during those times, the only thing that I can recommend is having a record because I do mm-hmm. see a lot of instances where uh, owners say that, oh, I just went to my mechanic a week before this trip and they said the car mm-hmm. was fine. Um, that's nice, but it would be much better if you had that in writing, even mm-hmm. if it's a very simple, informal 
um, note that your body shop or your mechanic uh, provides you with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I think a lot of mechanics may feel like a little uncomfortable, like signing their life away in terms of like, oh yeah, the inspection is, uh, you know, the, the, the car is in good yeah. condition. Like, oh, I don't want to be liable for this type of stuff, right? I mean, if, if the mechanic is looking at a certain part of the car, for example, they're changing the battery, mm -hmm. you can have you can at least keep the receipt or you can have some kind of uh, paper evidence that you went and you changed the battery. So mm -hmm. it's also a good idea to kind of keep all of your maintenance records in order. Uh, mm -hmm. If you want to have it um, in paper form or in digital form, just have a, a folder with all the scanned documents and mm -hmm. dates of when you went to do this and that on the car. Um, so I think that's basically your best bet to be mm -hmm. able to mechanical damage. That um, your aim in this case is essentially to show that this was not caused by regular maintenance of the vehicle, regular wear and tear, because as you know, those claims are not covered. Mm -hmm. That this was caused by some kind of improper use or you know um, something that the guest did wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, for D for for these to kind of like check in on this, um, you know, you, you have uh, one second. Okay. <laughs> oh God. Okay. The only time where I need to be everything to be quiet, people are actually calling me. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my God. And I, and I lost my thought. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> we'll 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 skip to the next one if I remember it. I'll, we'll, we'll get back to it. Um, yeah, okay. So I guess um, following up on this is uh, like, oh yeah, actually, that, that was it. Like there, I think, I believe there's some states and some, some places where, you know, a mechanic cannot let you go if he deems the car like, um, like dangerous and unsafe to, to operate, right? From, from what I know. Um, like I'm not sure what, how applicable it is to, uh, to every single state, but I'm pretty sure that there's a, there's a clause somewhere that, you know, if your car doesn't have wheels, the mechanic can't let really let you go yeah. without fixing it, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's how I, I think a lot of dealerships kind of try to upsell you on fixing things that you don't need to fix. But hey, it's uh, it's it's based on something, right? <laughs> so yeah, okay, cool. And so essentially, I I think the next one, and this has kind of to do with um with the new rules that were were placed in a few months a few weeks ago, I believe. Um, and it has to do with like the false claim of unsafe car. Yes. So, would would an owner get reimbursed for like the safety check, like of uh, of inspection, the time that was uh, basically wasted going back and forth, and towing fees and stuff like that? Because the fines are pretty hefty for for these types of things. And um, at least what I've seen, uh, the, like personally, at least uh, of, of people saying things like this was, you know, suddenly they went over, you know a few miles and they get a bill for not filling up the gas tank and suddenly your car became unsafe right yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. how do how would how would owners deal with uh, with this because it seems very like traveler friendly in that sense right yeah yeah um mm -hmm. so what i would do what i would advise in this case is to uh kind of i know that this is a, a description of a very unfair situation something mm -hmm. that Kind of uh, aggravating and you know waste mm -hmm. your time and uh, at least the example that you provided so I'm right. kind of focusing on that one. Mm -hmm. um, I would just you know take a step back, take the emotion out of it, and remember that in order to resolve it 
in the best way for the host as possible and as quickly as mm -hmm. possible, what you have to do is explain in detail, step by step, exactly what happened during this reservation and mm -hmm. what you believe caused this uh, guest to make this claim of an unsafe car. And if, if your explanation makes sense, and if what the guest did does not make sense, then mm -hmm. uh, the decision should be reversed and uh, you should be able to basically outline what had occurred and uh, the agent that's working on your ticket should be mm -hmm. able to see that you know, the guest did not act in, in accordance to our policies. Mm -hmm. Right. So this policy was intended to, uh, to have Turo provide a good service to people who use the platform. Mm -hmm. um, from the perspective of Turo in general, like people who use the Turo platform to, to, to be able to get a car, to be able to mm -hmm. provide a good service. Um, and in that, Turo and hosts are on the same side. So we're both trying to provide a good service to the people who are renting the cars or booking the cars. Um, but it's definitely not meant to allow people to take advantage of that and be detrimental to hosts. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I, I think that if that is the situation, if that's the case, then the mm -hmm. host should be able to explain and show what happened and, um, you know, that decision, I, I don't want to say that it will be reversed in every case, but mm -hmm. if, if, it, if there's enough evidence, if there's enough explanation and if it makes sense, then, and then mm -hmm. I believe it will be. Um, yeah. Just a side note, this question doesn't exactly relate to claims. Mm -hmm. um, it can be related to claims if there's an unsafe um, claim by the guest after mm -hmm. a claim occurs, right? Um, but it can also happen that there's a claim of an unsafe car, at least in the example that you gave, right. that didn't include a claim, right? So then this mm -hmm. question or this ticket would not go through claims. So I just mm -hmm. want to point out that it's not always going to be a claims rep who's looking at your mm -hmm. ticket. Um, the second part of the question is, will I get reimbursed or the time spent on resolving this? Mm -hmm. Fortunately, no. Um, if, if you're talking about toes, then it's pretty specific, so it would depend on the context of the situation. Mm -hmm. um, and then for, for the fine, if there's mm -hmm. an explanation, and as I said, if you're able to basically show what had happened and that this guest mm -hmm. is being um, unfair or whatnot, then the fine should be lifted. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... I think one example that I think came up uh, quite often was, um, you know, people who forgot to turn off, um, you know, headlights mm -hmm. and the battery suddenly dies and suddenly the car is broken down. And, you know, it, it, this could happen to anyone. It could be happen to like a 2008 Yaris as much as it could happen to, to a 2018 Tesla, right? Mm -hmm. This is, It's not like nobody's immune from, from these situations. Yeah. Um, so in that case, you know, for, for a dead battery for something that was the guest's fault um, sounds pretty, you know, intense of, of getting through all these, like, towing and, and stuff like that, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah. like, essentially, I guess my question would be, like, that would, um, and, and this is, like, we're, we're just digging a little deeper in, into this, um, so, like, you know, the, the, towing, uh, the towing car would, like, would they get instructions to check the car before, like, you know, for, for, for battery dead before they, they figure things out or they just tow it out? I guess uh, that would be my... Uh, 
unfortunately, or you wouldn't know. <laughs> or, uh, not a claims issue. Um, mm -hmm. Policies that you're talking about with just the battery dying and an ensuing tow because of that. Mm -hmm. uh, unless there is actual damage to the car, this type of question would be handled by our customer support team. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't want to give incorrect information. Mm -hmm. Okay, but sure. As far as I know, the tows follow the responsibility. So mm -hmm. whoever is considered to be responsible for the situation mm -hmm. would be um, potentially responsible for tows. Okay, okay, cool. Um, great. Now, like now actually going into, uh, into some claims issues. So, um, you know, a regular person would drive a car, I don't know, like um, maybe 10, 15 miles a year, mm -hmm. right? Now, with uh, with renting them out to other people, you know, it's probably twice or three times as much mileage on a car on a yearly basis. Yeah. So obviously there's a lot more chances of getting, you know, small scratches, dents and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't really feel like, you know, taking out the car to a body shop because they have a new scratch on the bumper or something like this, even if it's, you know, pretty large. Yeah. Um, if the car is in overall good condition, like you won't, like you don't really feel like doing it on because you know next month there's going to be five more, right? Yeah. So, um, and like basically, like let's say, like Tiro pays out for some cosmetic damage for I don't know, like two hundred, three hundred dollars, and you don't think that it's, you know, it it doesn't make the car unsafe. So you're like, well, I don't want to fix it because I'm gonna get three more, three more of those, and I'll just fix them all in one shot, right? Yeah. Um, is there any risk of like future claim denial or fine that would uh, that would happen uh, that would happen to the host at that point? Like if there's another claim yeah. that happens on the same spot? Yeah, and how, how would that work? Yeah. So I think that's a that's a good question. Uh, definitely see that happen a lot with small damages, tiny mm -hmm. little scratches. Um, there is no risk for denial or fine um, just because of that. Now, mm -hmm. the side note to this is that if the pre-existing damage is on the exact same spot as new damage, it mm -hmm. may be hard to distinguish where is new damage and uh, how much of it is basically attributed to which incident. Um, mm -hmm. Especially if you've been paid out for the pre-existing damage already, um, mm -hmm. and then now you're trying to submit a claim that looks like it's in the exact same spot, it's mm -hmm. hard sometimes to tell from pictures whether this there's anything new at all. So there is risk for being denied for that uh, if the damage happens to be on the exact same spot and there is no clear uh, visible way to tell which is new, which is old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the okay. only thing that I can think of uh, that can put uh, the host at risk. Mm -hmm. Now, there's definitely no fines from Turo's perspective. The only thing I do want to mention is that if your claim is going through intact, um, mm -hmm. you you should be fixing the car at the time as as uh, the claim is being put through through intact intact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's in the province of Quebec, because Intac in Quebec, or I assume all insurance companies in Quebec, um, <laughs> consider not fixing your car but getting paid out for it as fraud. Mm -hmm. so they think right. that 
they consider that as fraud. So you should be fixing your car if you're being paid out by the insurance company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess I, from my, from my understanding, there are like you know there's small claims that are dealt either directly with the guest or you know directly with Tiro, and then there are larger claims that are dealt through a third party insurance company. Yeah. And essentially, these are the ones that you really have to be careful about, you know, getting yeah. things Yeah, straightened. I think that the, the larger the damage, the more mm -hmm. you should feel incentivized to fix it right away. Mm -hmm. um, I, if, the, if the damage is large, I don't think that there's any um, benefit to waiting to fix it. Right. This, yeah, true. Yeah. For the little mm -hmm. tiny ones, definitely, I think it's a waste of time to go every single time for, you know, one centimeter here, one centimeter here. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. it would definitely make sense to just, you know, use reason and uh, manage your time mm -hmm. in a common sense way, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, so I think that's uh, that's a very important one. Um, okay, now moving on, following with, uh, with, with damages. Um, so whenever you do a check-in through... Um, through Tira, I think back in November they introduced a uh, minimum of six pictures mm -hmm. uh, to be uploaded for any claims to be, you know, like valid, right? But like I, I guess we we can all agree that six pictures is definitely not enough mm -hmm. to uh, cover a lot of, you know, the things that could go wrong. Yeah. So would you have like an idea of what would be like, you know, an efficient way of of going about it? Like yeah. I've personally seen people take like 200 300 photos of a car yeah. um covering every single inch of it but that's maybe not the most effective thing either because it's it does take it, it takes a lot of time right yeah. so <laughs> yeah so i can i can just give you what i personally believe is a, is a better um way to take pictures mm -hmm. so i think the six pictures are the front the back and the sides mm -hmm. um and the mileage, is that mm -hmm. correct? Um, yeah, mileage and uh, yeah, four si four sides, mileage and gas level, which usually can fit in one picture, but still asks for two all the time. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I think that from the body damage, what is definitely missing is the corners, which are mm -hmm. exposed uh, and then highly um, likely to be caught in something, and mm -hmm. uh, those should definitely be photographed before the trip so I would add the four corners and mm -hmm. uh, depending on your type of vehicle if it's a low car uh, I would definitely take pictures of tires as well so mm -hmm. um, some cars are more susceptible to damage on the rims and uh, also some owners care more about you know small scratches on their rims mm -hmm. uh, we'll just let it go but if you care about the rims then you should definitely take all four pictures of the rims it's also nice if you label them left, front, uh, right, rear, etc. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then another good one, especially for uh, high-end vehicles, including Teslas, for example, it's it's good to take photos or or like try to get a better photo of the front and rear windshield. If, okay. if you need damage to the windshield, those windshields mm -hmm. are extremely expensive. So mm -hmm. it's just better to uh, basically protect yourself and take a picture of the windshield. Um, on specific cars, you don't have to do that every on every vehicle. Um, mm -hmm. And then it doesn't hurt to take one quick photo to to try to capture the most of the interior of the vehicle as you can. 
mm-hmm. in case there's yeah. any interior damage, it's definitely helpful to have a picture pre-trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also believe uh, in terms of interior, there uh, for any major cleaning, they don't pay out anymore for if you don't have pictures of the interior. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I guess, a part where the policy should catch up on the, on both sides. Um, yeah, so. yeah, that, that's not a that, that's not a claims policy, but yeah, yeah. For sure, I completely agree with you. So mm-hmm. if you take a picture of the inside, that covers you for both claims and cleaning. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Smoking, which I guess is the same thing. Yeah. Okay. And like, in ter- I guess it also in terms of like small accessories, uh, like you know, spare tires. Like I've seen people who lost their spare tires, their gas gas tank caps. Um, you know, there were engines that were swapped. Um, you know, there there's been all kinds of weird stuff happening. Actually, it's uh, it's quite quite fascinating. Um, but like to the lengths that some people go to. Uh, getting other people's property like man uh, like assaulted i guess <laughs> um but like yeah so like you wouldn't you wouldn't say that there's a high stati- statistically high enough chance of you know people stealing engines and stuff like that from your perspective like you've seen quite a bit of claims for the past you know 12 12 13 months yeah. um and i guess that's not part of the the stuff that usually you know, you have to reimburse, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, at least for me personally in Canada, I've never seen an engine swapped or anything like that. No major um, mechanical or electrical kind of mm-hmm. on-purpose damage mm-hmm. to the car. So luckily, uh, knock on wood, I haven't seen that yet. Um, so I wouldn't be too worried about something so out there happening to your car. Uh, but small items that are left in the car definitely sometimes get lost. These right. uh, include like iPhone chargers or I don't know sunglasses or mm-hmm. toolkits. Um, unfortunately, the policy does not cover for personal items, so mm-hmm. if it gets lost or stolen or whatever happens to it during a reservation, that is not covered by your tour uh, policy. Mm-hmm. But any anything that is part of the car, um, as you buy it from the manufacturer, is mm-hmm. so. If there's if you're if it's like a Jeep or you have a spare tire that's part of the car, then that mm-hmm. would be covered if it, if it's missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in case of Tesla, the chargers as well, because yeah, exactly. otherwise you you can't really do much. Exactly. You can't rent a Tesla without chargers. <laughs> With it from the manufacturer, that's covered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. If additional things that you purchased yourself, um, mm-hmm. that's not covered. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that's um, that's that's a, I think that covers it pretty well in that sense. Now, like, I think then the other thing is, um, I think you've dealt a lot with these, and I think you can weigh in a bit of experience on this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people who take pictures of black cars at midnight yeah. in a dark alley. And then suddenly there's a scratch that appears there, um, and you're like, "Well, what do you do with that? What do you do with this case?" And I'm bringing this up just because, especially during the summer, um, there's a lot of uh, like in busy seasons, there's a lot of back-to-back rentals. Yeah. So um, I mean, I personally, tr- I personally take all my pictures during sunlight um, because you can't take them 24 hours prior to the rental. So I just take them the day before or the same day when there's still sun outside. Exactly. But sometimes it's not possible just because, you know, if you have a return at 
10 p.m. and the next time it's going out, it's at 11 or 11:30. Yeah. Um, there's there's no way around it, right? So yeah. that that's kind of been difficult in that sense. So would you have any suggestions on uh, on that front? Yeah. Um, so I think what you said is great. So whenever you can, whenever you have a possibility, it is better to take photos during the daylight. It's just easier to see. It's easier to take good pictures. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's why there is that 24-hour window before and after so that there's mm -hmm. more chances, more likelihood for you to be able to see your car in the daylight. Mm -hmm. um, now, there are instances when it's not possible, as you said, and that's definitely understandable. So pictures taken in the dark, it's not that they're not accepted. But sometimes it's really, really difficult to see anything from those pictures. Mm -hmm. It's your responsibility to ensure that you're taking the best possible pictures in the context that you have. So what mm -hmm. I would recommend in that case is uh, if, you're, if you have underground parking, you can take pictures in the parking lot. There's usually a lot more light there than on the street. Mm -hmm. If you have to take pictures on the street, uh, consider if there's perhaps a gas station nearby. There's a lot more light there. Uh, mm -hmm. And you know, worst case scenario, just park your car right under a street light and uh, use a decent camera and not a flip phone. So mm -hmm. that's basically it. Okay. Okay. So yeah, essentially, it's you. You have yeah. to find a way to yeah. bring more light. Okay. Yeah. The best and like take a look back at the pictures and make sure that uh, you know they're not going to be as good as daylight pictures, but. Mm -hmm. It's still possible to take decent pictures at night as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sometimes yeah, for sure. it's dark, and because of that, some pictures turn out much more blurrier on top right. of darkness. So just double check and see which pictures you've taken and which pictures you're uploading. Because if you're uploading a completely blurry picture, then of course nothing's going to be visible on it. Right, unless the car just completely disappears. <laughs> yeah, that's you that's might. Then you're covered. <laughs> yeah, that is, <laughs> that is good. Um, okay, cool. And so that I, I guess one of my one of my other questions on on this front is is there is there any way that like Turo is going to be requiring travelers to uh, submit pre-trip and post-trip pictures? Uh, not as far as I know. Okay. Yeah. So the only thing that I can say here is if you're having a back-to-back -back, uh, mm -hmm. or any kind of situation where you're, you know, like you need the guests to help you out, I would suggest that you ask the guests to take pictures yourself. It's not a requirement by Turo. Um, mm -hmm. Them uploading photos is basically a favor to you, to the host. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't, it doesn't, you're not precluded from asking for their help a little bit and just uh, ask them to take some pictures. You know, most of the time the community is friendly and we're here to help each other out. So mm -hmm. I would think that in majority of cases, the guests would cooperate and uh, be happy to help you out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, and that would solve kind of the, the issue where, you know, you have a return late at night and you can't take new yeah. pictures. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you so that would ask them to mm -hmm. upload the photos, go into the app, see that they're uploaded and then be like, thanks, you really helped me out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think that's uh, that that that's really helpful in uh, at least in these cases. 
So uh, yeah, I'm pretty much done on my end. Um, is there anything else that you might want to add from uh, from your perspective? You know, you've probably dealt with. I, I only had like I don't know less than ten claims in my uh, <laughs> in my whole time. Um, is there is there anything else you you want to add? Maybe what what was actually your most uh, interesting claim that you've had to deal with? And yeah. Ah. Uh, um. Open ended questions, by the way. If that doesn't work out, I'll just cut this part out. Don't worry. <laughs> There's been so many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, uh, the, I mean, I don't know. Yours was pretty memorable. It wasn't very interesting, <laughs> but it was definitely uh, shocking <laughs> to have a total, uh, total loss. Uh, that's never happened again since your car. Um, okay, good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's one where recently, I think it was Canada Day, it was in Toronto. Um, mm -hmm. The guest was in the car in a parking lot with the windows open, and mm -hmm. um, strangers ran up to the car and threw uh, lit fireworks inside the vehicle. And Ooh. the car like started burning, and the guest had to escape and had to call police and fire trucks and uh, luckily the guest is fine there's no injuries um, the car was pretty much fully burnt and uh, wow. yeah that was pretty crazy uh-huh okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's uh, yeah that's pretty intense um <laughs> a regular no, I mean, tuesday hmm? a regular tuesday in the claims department yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh Okay, Alex. Well, anyways, thank you so much for 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 taking the time for us. Um, I mean, yeah, I agree. The only thing I wanted to mention, you you mm -hmm. asked me if I have any any feedback on my end. Yeah. I just want to say that I think this is really useful to mm -hmm. people to share knowledge, to share experience. We're all learning along the way, and uh, mm -hmm. you know the. The ultimate goal for all of us is to create mutual benefit for everybody, um, mm -hmm. the guests, for the host, for Turo, for for us as Turo employees. So we're all trying to achieve the same goal, and it's nice to be a part of a community that is, um, you know, has a lot of really good aspects, socially, mm -hmm. and, uh, economically, and otherwise. So I think that what you're doing with this interview um, is, is really helpful to the host community as well as the guest community. The guests are receiving better service. The hosts mm -hmm. are um, less worried about, about putting their car up, about um, a claim when it comes up. Mm -hmm. And I'm really happy to help you out in that and uh, we'll be yeah. in touch in the future as well. Yeah. No, definitely actually going back to this, like, you know, my first claim was so scary to figure yeah. out, like, what was I supposed to do, <laughs> you know, so... So pay it forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's been, like, it's it's a whole it's a whole set of, um, you know, once you get a hang of it, you're, you just pretty much know, like, oh, yeah, you just have to do this, 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 and pretty much good to go. But mm -hmm. the rest of the time, like, the first time it happened, I was like, um, what? Like, oh, you need that information? Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, this is really uh, Yeah. Like at some point I think I was running around like three body shops trying to get a quote because Tyrion needed a quote with the VIN number, the plate, and the um oh how's it called? like uh like header that was actually of the garage name. Mm -hmm. And at least in my city, like most people don't do that. I, I even got one of the quotes I got was 
the guy just wrote with his finger on my dirty car, like on the window, like, oh, this is going to be this much, you know? That's for back. Yeah. State slash province that does that in like North America. But yeah, we yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, that was, that was difficult for me to kind of find someone and I spent quite a bit of time figuring this out. Um, but yeah, that's... <laughs> So I think that's kind of important to uh, to, to to think about, but yeah. Sure. Hey. <laughs>